time for your heart-stopping news-packed 60 minutes of radio trolling. Webmaster Radio presents The Pulse. The Pulse. Take your seat among the experts in the search engine marketing arena. This weekly radio show keeps you informed of the latest search news, offers insight on the biggest forum discussions, and puts your finger on the pulse of the search marketing community. Our hosts have made their way to the round table. The Pulse, the Pulse. The Pulse. starts now. Hello, and welcome to the 15th edition of the Search Poll. Today is Tuesday, January 16th, 2007. My name is Ben Pfeiffer, and I'm the Senior Editor of the Search Engine Roundtable. I also run a search marketing company called RankSmart.com. With me today is Chris Boggs, the Associate Editor of Search Engine Roundtable, who also works in the SEO department as a search strategist at Avenue A Razorfish. Barry is not with us today, as he just got back from his trip from Israel and is probably suffering some pretty bad jet lag. So, Barry, get some rest, and we wish you were here. We'll try to do the show the best justice that we can. Um, also on the Pulse today, we'll have a special guest that will join us to talk about a few topics after the first break. Uh, we'll have Deborah Massler, the president of Alliance Link, and writes at the Linkspiel blog. So, Chris, uh, tell me, how has your week been going so far? Uh, it's been great. Thanks, Ben. I uh, wish uh, Barry was with us, but uh, we had to get this show knocked out so we could get two weeks of uh, topics out of the way. And then next week, looking forward to having Barry back. Uh, just, it's been a good week, very busy week, and uh, looking forward to talking about some good topics tonight. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> stacking up three weeks of topics would be a pretty long show. We'd have a pretty long lightning round. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and get started with some of the popular search topics uh, discussed in the search community over the past couple of weeks. Uh, posted on Search Engine Roundtable, we have a recap of the last show. Uh, that's the 14th show with a search pulse. Uh, we covered such uh, stuff for the holiday season and the new year. We talked about the Google update and some various blog tips that Google's offering. And we also looked at social links and a bunch of tips with that. So you can find that update and a complete list of all the stuff we talked about in the last show on Search Engine Roundtable. Let's go ahead and move into our first topic uh, for the evening. Uh, Search Engine Roundtable was um, awarded a uh, best top search, search engine marketing and contextual ad blog by the Search Engine Journal. Uh, they do a, an award show, uh, awards uh, basically every year for all the top blogs in the industry. And uh, we were voted by the voters uh, for top search engine marketing blog. Um, and Lauren Baker went ahead and said that um, Barry Schwartz and crew does an excellent job of monitoring Yahoo Search Marketing, Google AdWords, Emerson Ad Center, and other page search systems. The contextual counterparts and systems and occasional bugs and scandals are covered really nicely. So we're real happy uh, to get this award, and I know Barry was pretty thrilled. Uh, last year we also won an award for Best Search Engine Marketing Blog. Um, this year uh, there's a quite a few good blogs this year that we're up into competition, and um, placed second right behind us was Marketing Pilgrim and Shoe Money's blog. So, Chris, your thoughts about uh, our award here at Search Engine Roundtable? Uh, I thought it was uh, great news. Um, love to see that uh, Lauren Baker's out there helping to promote the rest of the SEO and and search engine marketing blogosphere, as it were. He had some great uh, uh, choices for different categories to vote for, and uh, I know that we actually did pretty well in some of the ad other categories as well. Uh, Barry pretty much swept up all over the place since he's such a, a ubiquitous poster. And uh, glad to see that um, people are really appreciating the hard work that uh, he puts into the Search Engine Roundtable. And uh, I'm glad to be, uh, you know, working with him and you. And yeah, I agree completely. Uh, Barry is kind of an unstoppable force in a lot of ways. Um, but, you know, this year there was a lot of great blogs that came out. Um, you know, SEO Moz won for the best SEO blog. Um, and Matt Cutts also won for the best search blogger. Um, and Barry, I think, placed second or third right behind Danny Sullivan for that. So, there was a lot of great blogs this year, and it was really active. And so um, I think Lauren split it up real well in terms of what he did. And so we were happy to, I know, we're happy to accept the award that we got. So let's go ahead and move on to the next topic. Um, there was a post on the high rankings forum, and it was basically kind of asking about if I go ahead and already rank number one organically, should I keep my pay-per-click search advertising? And so this was a kind of a really good thread, I thought, um, just to post uh, post about because oftentimes um, you know as a webmaster you can get number one placements and sometimes you know you have to decide whether you want to continue with the paid search advertising or not. Um, the consensus from the forums was pretty much that you know marketing is a lot about exposure and um, 
basically, if you do have another number one organic listing, you know, getting free traffic from Google, why not go ahead and pay for Google AdWords to rank up beside there? So, um, you know, even if your return on your investment in paid search is not as much as, say, organic, um, it's still a really good idea in order to go ahead and bid for all those on both sides so that, you know, you get good exposure. So, Chris, your thoughts on this? Uh, well, I've always been a big proponent of uh, keeping uh, paid search advertising going even when you do get organic listings. Uh, there's different strategies you can employ. Some people like to have, uh, uh, you know, if they're number one or two organically, they like to drop down to maybe number six or seven on the paid side so that they get another listing below the fold. Um, you know, obviously nowadays there's more than just paid and organic. If you can get into the one box for the feeds or or uh, through uh, local search or some other ways, you, you could really do a, a pretty good job of, of um, dominating the um, space available on that first page if, 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 you're, if you're doing good in all areas. Uh, another mm -hmm. thing to think about is uh, when, you, when you are working on these kind of campaigns, some people will often think that, uh, oh, well, for my brand name, I don't, I don't really need to pay per pay-per-click for that once I've got, uh, you know, my listings, especially if I've got site links on there, which are the additional five links that Google's been giving people that have uh, solid uh, brand presence. But I I've always thought that you should still uh, stay with the paid side as well, so you have even one more listing. So to me, it's, it's just a simple process of, uh, of real estate, and the more real estate you can own on that uh, important page, the, the better. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, with the uh, clients that y'all have over at Avenue A, you know, if they go, ahead, if you have them ranking number one, will y'all go ahead and recommend that they'll basically to do some of the paid search advertising? Well, um, generally, a Avenue A, uh, right now, we, you know, we have a great SEO department and we we push for a lot of high rankings. But uh, our, our main client, um, our, our main, you know, types of client are paid search, so they're primarily going to be up there and paid no matter what. Uh, we do work mm -hmm. together uh, with the paid teams to try to, uh, you know, do some balancing of the rankings when we can. But, uh, yeah, in, in general, uh, they're going to stay in paid search no matter how well we do for them in the SEO side. Okay, that's, that's great. I know one of the uh, poster members on high rankings posted that um, studies have shown that multiple exposures increases CTR, which is click-through rate. And they were saying that they've seen studies that asserted that while banner ads may not provide direct benefit in many cases, um, customers were more likely to buy when exposed to a company's brand in multiple places. So I guess it just goes back to being as many places as you possibly can and being exposed as well. Yeah, so ben, a pretty good I think topic. that uh, one more thing to add on that, I think that it's important to also think about the uh, the buying cycle and the search cycle when people are searching for more general terms and they haven't really decided which product they may go for. Uh, the more often that you can have your brand appear up there, the more likely that when they do do that uh, last search, which will lead to the conversion, they might, you know, even include your brand in the search queries. So I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Um, let's go ahead and go into the next topic. Um, this was, uh, we had it titled Supplemental Results Aren't Something to Be Afraid of. Uh, Matt, Coates, Matt Cutts wrote um, kind of an infrastructure update on his blog, just talking about various supplemental results. Um, the Google PR update, and also talking about um, some fixes for sites that were hosted outside of the United States and weren't showing up in regional Google locations, uh, such as uh, Google in the United Kingdom. Um, so it, it, his particular post on his blog got a lot of um, attention, and he basically kind of talked a lot about supplemental results and had some really good thoughts. Um, and there was some good discussion in the forums about this as well. And uh, Matt's, Matt kind of went on and, and went to say, that uh, supplemental result results aren't something to be afraid of. Having URLs in the supplemental results doesn't mean that you have some sort of penalty at all. The main determinant of whether a URL is in our main web index is, or in supplemental index is page rank. Um, and so he goes on to talk about that a little bit more, and um, it, I think it's really important for people to understand. Because um, I know I've had clients come and say, you know, hey, I'm in supplemental results. What's going on? Am I penalized for some reason? Um, and Matt went on to say that, um, you know, one reason that your pages might be in a supplemental results might have to do with um, Google might not be counting your links to your pages with the same weight as they have in the past. 
So um, my po- point kind of on this is that, you know, sometimes people think as links as statically is, is, is a quantity thing as opposed to a quality. And uh, most search experts out there understand this real well, but, you know, if you're coming in, say, like a brand-new realtor site or uh, brand-new, you, you're trying to acquire as many links as possible. Um, so, Chris, your thoughts on this? Well, I think it's really great that Matt came out and, and gave us a nice explanation on the supplemental results. They have long been a... Uh, um, topic of uh, confusion. Uh, people, uh, I know that I personally used to consider supplemental results as sort of almost a death sentence <laughs> back in the day. And uh, now that I uh, have learned more over the years, I realize that they're not. And I, I would start to find, you know, supplemental results uh, being in the, in the top listings for some keyword searches, as Matt um, explains also in his post. And he says that now, you know, there's going to be, there's not, usually not going to be that situation anymore. I think that it's also uh, interesting that how he pointed out about how you can check the freshness of your supplemental results, and that kind of shows that Google is still going in and crawling them, even though they're supplemental. And uh, if they are fresh, then it's probably more likely that they will appear in, in some uh, keyword searches. So um, that's, it's, it's great news to find out that supplemental results really aren't the kiss of death. Uh, I think it's uh, also funny the way Matt did his little uh, uh, you know, white hat um, yeah, he <laughs> thought about you know making sure you you're a good good little SEO and if you use yeah, you white better hat be SEO. white hat <laughs> in order to get back. Uh, there's a question in the in the chat rooms about why Shoe Money's entire website is supplemental, and I know from listening on his show, he's talked about that in the past that he really doesn't give a darn whether he's supplemental or not, but. You know, Matt said that, you know, it has to do a lot with links and why you're supplemental in the first place. And, um, you know, I don't have an answer for why his entire site supplemental, but, um, you know, it could be relating to particular the way Google counts the links to his, to his particular site. But, you know, he doesn't seem to be suffering very well. His site does get a lot of traffic. Um, I, I did see, I mean, I just searched shoe money, and they're not all <laughs> supplemental. Uh, if you search yeah, shoe true. money, you'll uh, find at least, uh, the first page is entirely non-supplemental. Well, uh, wait. Well, there's only two of them from Shoe Money, but they're they're not supplemental. So, hmm. it could be related to you know factors. You know, before he had that website on that particular domain, too. You know, there's a lot of things that can go into you know why the supplemental results happen. Um, you know, more things than Matt had mentioned. Um, so, you know. There, it, it'd probably eventually come to the point where his site will no longer be in there. And if you've got, I know with Search Engine Roundtable, we have quite a few pages that are also in the supplemental index. Um, and Barry and I have looked at this multiple times, and we're not really too worried about it. But it, oftentimes, it's just pages that you know haven't been linked to extensively, or you know older threads and, and posts that we've posted on on Search Engine Roundtable that just don't show up as well as they once did. Um, and so that's not completely a problem, and they still show up if you do a site search. Um, but, you know, as Matt mentioned in his post, you know, they're going to keep these supplemental results a lot fresher, and so you're going to see these results showing up a lot more into the main index, and, and traffic will start flowing to these. And so, you know, for people that are worried about supplemental results, that's a real positive. If you've got issues like that, that you'll start, you know, getting more traffic. Whether that's going to come to pass or not, we don't really know. Um, so I guess that's, that's that for that particular topic. We're going to go ahead and take a commercial break, and when we come back, we'll have Deborah Masteler from Alliance Link to talk about some linking issues. Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse. We'll be back after this short break. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that ValueClick Media had netted FastClick, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BenAsRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. you got to work with ValueClick Media. i got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit ValueClick Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details. Value Click Media. Attention webmasters. Wish you could convert more web traffic into cash? 
No need to rub a lamp. Just click on genienose.com. Install a search box on your site or incorporate paid listings XML into search results. And at your command, genienose.com pays cash for each result your users click on. Enjoy prompt payment and superior customer service. Earn even more through our referral program. Genienose has delivered results. G-E-N-I-E-K-N-O-W-S.com. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, textlinkads.com. Your web search is over. The always highly ranked SEO rock stars. Guaranteed to be a night filled with great memory. The construction guy came in, you know, we're doing a little changing things around a little bit. Yeah. So we had these couple of smaller offices and I said, hey, I want to take this wall out so we can make it a bigger room and have the programmers in there, right? Yeah. Guy shows up the next day, cuts out the wrong wall. <laughs> it's like he's on crack or something. SEO rock stars Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Your virtual webmaster frat house. WebmasterRadio.fm. Hey, bring your togas. WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. <laughs> Now, back to The Pulse, Pulse. only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome back to The Pulse. I'm, my name is Ben Pfeiffer, and I'm here with Chris Boggs. Um, I keep bossing up those intros pretty bad. Um, anyway, uh, we have a special guest uh, this evening with us. We have Deborah Massler from Alliance Link, who also writes on the blog The Link Spiel. She is a well-known linking expert that speaks at Surgeon and Strategies conferences and also other conferences around the nation. So, Deborah, are you there? I am here. Hi. Welcome, Deborah. Thanks for coming on today. Well, thank you for having me. Happy New Year. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, well, we have Deborah on today to talk about um, some various topics regarding linking. Um, and one of the first things that we're going to talk about is DMOZ. Um, it is starting to accept submissions again after a long hiatus of being virtually almost dead. Um, so we wanted to get Deborah's opinions on uh, DMOZ and um, some suggestions and ideas she might have for people that are wanting to go back and submit to DMOZ into various regional categories or categories on there. So Deborah, what are your thoughts about uh, DMOZ accepting submissions again? Well, I guess the forum people will be happy because that directories category that everybody has will finally get some business again. You know, it's been kind of dead since no one's been bitching about DMOZ, but um, I've noticed that they're up, they're running. I, I've not noticed anybody complaining or uh, congratulating themselves or jumping for joy that uh, that their sites have been added. I keep going around all the forums and looking to see if someone says, yeah, I got in, and I haven't seen that. So don't know if they're actually adding sites, but if you notice, if you go on there and you click on the main cats and then under the main cats, say, for instance, on shopping, if you click on food, and you go to all the topical cats under food. If you scroll down to the bottom, you'll see that all of those pages have been edited and updated since the first part of January. So mm. supposedly, you know, they're in there, they're doing something. Um, whether those people haven't noticed that they've been added, I don't know, or maybe they're just in there tweaking it, and that's the way the software works. Don't know. Are, they, um, is it just they're, are they just going through old submissions, basically, that have been there for, you know, months and years and basically adding those back up? Because, you know, my concern, you know, for submitting back to DMOZ, and, and I think maybe this is other webmasters, is that if I submit now, you know, is it still going to take me two years to get back, you know, a, a site listed in DMOZ? Well, I guess that's the crystal ball question, and, and, and I, no easy answer. I wish I could give you an answer because, you know, then I, I would really be the guru. But um, my suspicion is, and I'm not an editor there anymore. I stopped doing that last year, so I don't have kind of the inside track. And I try to get in touch with someone that I know very well who's a very senior editor there and didn't, wasn't able to raise, uh, raise her today. But from what I understand, they are trying to get um, their backlog worked out. 
something else that I noticed that I thought was kind of interesting that might slow that process down. I don't know if you um, had a chance to go through there, but I watch a half a dozen pages in there, um, different pages, different categories, client-based categories, and I've noticed that a lot of the editors have been taken away. So it might have been time that they've used some of this downtime to clean up their editor list as well and kind of scoot people out maybe that weren't making their posts when they should be or they didn't like or, you know, all of the above. But there's definitely some changes in there. If you go down to the ends of those pages and and poke around and take a look, you'll see um, I have noticed some definite changes. But, we'll, you know, time will tell if anybody starts to shout and say, yay, my site's been added. I haven't heard it yet. Hey, Deborah. Deborah, it's Chris. I got a quick question for you. First of all, welcome. It's nice to hear your voice. Hi, and, Chris. Uh, <laughs> um, I was wondering, you know, there's the cynics out there that always felt that uh, there was backdoors into DMOZ, and, and I know you were an editor there, so I don't know if you would comment now that you're no longer an editor, if you ever really heard about people that were maybe getting various uh, donations sent to their email addresses via PayPal, <laughs> and, and maybe that's actually what's been catching up since January is all those, <laughs> those, uh, those donations all uh, were burning a hole in their wallets and they wanted yeah. to get the sites up. <laughs> I don't you know I don't know if they're cash and checks or what they're doing i I edited um more than one category and in different topic areas and was kind of pissed to find out that no one ever offered me any money um so <laughs> you know I wish I don't know if that's a you know a, a kind of a telltale sign of my editing or what but um I never had that happen to me directly, but you know sometimes and typically where there's smoke there's fire, so you have to wonder if you know if these stories are coming out if they're true or not, and even if they're not, I mean you know there's corruption everywhere. look at dig it would stand to reason it's there as well. That said, I would also say that having been in that community for many, many years, the people that run it are passionate about that project and feel very, very strongly and want to keep it you know clean and so they um and they do not tolerate anything when it's when it's brought to your attention. We used to see that in the in the forums for the editors. So no one ever offered me any money, darn it. But um you know, does it go on? Probably. Is it good? No. Mm. But but it's up and rolling. Yeah, I was reading on the forums about Demonis and they were saying that while well, submissions are open again, you can't submit to be an editor at this present time. And maybe that goes back to I know there's some 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 talk in the forums about um the editors won't remove but the accounts just like disappear due to data loss. Mm-hmm. Um so if you want to be an editor, you, they still aren't open yet, but they, you know, are open for submissions. Hmm. I don't know. I I uh I know their editor process was always a tough one, so I can't imagine if you go through there and you look and see why they wouldn't be. They need help and they need it bad. I, I don't know, maybe that's a telltale sign of something else coming down the pike as well. Um I guess time will tell with the DMOS. Yeah. And one final question about DMOS. Um I know one of the ways we used to get back into DMOS back in the day was we'd submit to um local or regional categories within just, you know, very niche you know, areas for our websites or for clients' websites and stuff, because, you know, usually we'd submit to a broad category that can never get in. Um, in your opinion, um, is that still a valid, um, you know, way to approach DMOS, is to go ahead and submit regionally as opposed to more of a broader category? Yeah, and I haven't gone back in to see if they've changed their guidelines specifically on this point or not. It's not something I've looked at um, here in a, in a while. But before, if you were bricks and mortar and you had a street address, you conducted business or received mail from your business on the street, then you were eligible for a regional listing, and you could go in through, you know, wherever you were, state, state or local or so on and so forth. So you could get more than one. And if you had multiple offices that were doing multiple businesses, you could do the same. And I had, you know, many clients that got into DMOZ that way. So definitely, if, if, you know, if you're bricks and mortar in country, that you should do that. Absolutely. Okay, great, great. Um, and, and also, Deborah, you know, social sites and linking has been a really hot topic today and in, you know, the past year and especially this year. Um, and since while we have you on, um, are you using um, the social media space to find links? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's a, the social media sites, it's kind of interesting, um, that whole, I guess, uh, development of that whole niche and all. If you, if you think about it, really, it's a natural progression of what's been online and what's coming. We started out with, and this is just an example, we started out with things like ListServe, and then we went to discussion boards, and then we had forums, and now we have networking communities. So, 
you know, as the, the web grows and more and more content comes onto the web, we need more and more places to niche it and, and kind of categorize it to make it easy for people to find, and that's what people are doing. And that's the beauty of the social scene. From a link-building standpoint, what that really does is just gives you so many more options and so many more avenues to be able to get into and link. And if your demographic is in certain, issue, in certain areas, then you definitely want to be in those areas as well. But from a link-building standpoint, I think, you know, it, it, what it does is it gives you diversity, which is really the key when you're linking. You want to have as many different links, you know, coming in at you as you can from as many avenues as you can. It reaches your target audience. It broadens your link popularity base. It's just overall, it's just a good thing for you to do. Right, Deborah. One thing I'd like to add to that, too, and in case people uh, don't pick up on, on what you're insinuating, it's not only going in to build the links into the communities, but it's those people in the communities that are going to go out and maybe post a link to their blog that, uh, or to you know, some other forum or another community, and it's the viral aspect of those links that will really end up doing a lot of legwork for you. Um, in the link baiting and viral marketing panel that we do at uh, Search Engine Strategies, I did a uh, case study from one of the, uh, Neil Patel's uh, blog posts that he did on November 13 last year. It was my 50 favorite blogging resources. You guys may have read it, but um, he had some amazing numbers of uh, referrers uh, after just a week, and, and thanks to having made it to the front page of Dig, uh, uh, he really um, now I go back and I look at that, and I think it's got something like over 1,200 inbound links to it. Now, I did analyze those links, and a lot of them are from the same C-class, um, you know, some of them from Delicious, some from Dig, and so on and so forth. And I would like to know if you'd like to comment on the whole no-follow situation, because I know that uh, it seems, based on our research of that particular instance, that um, a, a lot of those links are, are getting no-followed, so there must still be some powerful links that are making it through. And it also seems like, for example, Delicious is no-following, but that Dig isn't. Uh, do you want to comment on uh, any of the no-follow type of uh, idea with that and, and, and what your opinion on that is? I know you did a post uh, last week about something to do with the uh, no-follows, too. <laughs> I know. What I posted last week was something that actually Justinian brought this to my attention. He pinged, and he said, hey, did you notice that YouTube is all pink? And I said, oh, another one bites the dust. And so we went over and we looked and we said everything on YouTube was pink. If it was hyperlinked, it was pinked. And what that means is if you have... Uh, an apparatus on your toolbar from Firefox. It's called Search Status. It turns any link that, that has a nofollow tag pink, hence the term we use, pink links. And YouTube was the next one. And I had just said the week before to someone that I was consulting with that we were, we were putting this whole program together, this video program, that YouTube was, was, uh, YouTube was showing backlinks, was giving backlinks, and those backlinks were being indexed and counting and this type of thing. I think more and more, because of all of the attention that, that these things are getting and the attention that the search engines are putting on paid links or, or links that are being um, money exchanging hand for for influence and so on and so forth, and this bad neighborhood and this bad community, people are putting no-follows on those links. It's a shame. The link still goes. person can still follow the link, but from a link-building standpoint, it kind of cuts you down a little bit you know, with, with the link popularity. Since... And, and I don't know, have you guys seen nofollow links come back in backlink checks on Google lately? Um, I'll, I'll speak up to that. I have actually on a couple cases, um, or at least on sites, you know, on some blogs that are nofollowed, I've seen them show up. Um, and I don't know exactly what the cause, but we're, we're not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I personally haven't seen that yet, but uh, I'll see. I haven't. Eye. I saw earlier this year we were following links. We were watching links, and those that were no-followed were showing up in backlinks erratically, but they were showing up. And here for the last two months, I've not seen any in the sites that I've been watching. So I'll be really curious if anybody listening has had that experience, if they're seeing no-followed links show up in a Google backlink, in a Google backlink check. So I'm just, I'm just curious more than anything because I can only watch so many sites. I can't. I can't keep yeah, everything no, no, on. I saw that a couple months ago as well, and I hadn't seen it recently. Just curious. Just curious. Sounds like that would be a good topic to start at one of the forums, Deborah, and then we can <laughs> cover it and talk about it next week. Gee, which one would that be, Chris? Anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I will say one other thing about, about social sites that I think is just really great and what's really been helping me is that um, when you go into the social sites, and, you know, social sites – 
when we talk about social sites, we kind of lump them all together, but really social sites are about tactics. You know, and for instance, if you're talking about social media tactics, you're talking about blogging, you're talking about wikis, you're talking about video forums and networks and so forth. And within each one of those, of those tactics, there are so many ways that you can get links. And that's, the social scene makes it so much easier because it, it allows you to really um, focus in, too, on your target market. If you know that your market is, say, I don't know, um, heavily or predominant in MySpace, you know, being able to work the people that are in MySpace trying to cultivate, it's more than just getting links in people's profiles. It's finding those people in their sites and then marketing to them. So a lot of it you might never find, say, in a regular search, but if you, if you work through MySpace and you work through the social community in MySpace, you'll find that there's a whole plethora of sites out there that you can link to and people that you can reach. And that's another vehicle for social search and why it's so great. Great. Well, Deborah, um, I'd like to uh, say thank you from, from both of us uh, for coming, and from Barry, who is uh, applauding from afar, I'm sure, um, yes. <laughs> for, for coming on board as a guest tonight, and it's been really great, and we hope to have you on again uh, in the future, um, and wish you every, every bit of luck this year with all your efforts, and I'm sure you'll Definitely. do a great, uh, have a thanks, great year. Thanks for having me, and I and, um, hope you guys have a great day and a great show today. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Talk to you later. Okay, we're going to go ahead and uh, take a commercial break now, and uh, stay tuned. When we get back, we'll be talking about Google duplicate content issues. Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse. Pulse. We'll be back after this short break. Now, experience the future of web design and development with a whole new level of efficiency, expressiveness, and simplified workflow. Introducing Studio 8, a compilation of the latest releases from Dreamweaver, Flash Professional, Fireworks, Contribute, and Flash Paper. Sure to inspire you to create superior online video sites and mobile content. And now, through this exclusive WebmasterRadio.fm offer, listeners can save a whopping $100 off Studio 8. Visit the online store at Adobe or contact Adobe Customer Services and provide promo code Webmaster Radio in order to receive your discount. Studio 8, your way to create. Know how to get the best return on your advertising dollar? ClickSore.com. Yeah, ever since we began marketing with more precise content, target technology from ClickSore.com, we've seen a huge jump in visitors converting to buyers for just over one-third of a cent per view. To get over 300 categories, unlimited keywords and ad placement on over 100,000 sites, click on ClickSore.com today. That's ClickSore.com. Your bottom line will thank you. ClickSore.com. Delivers where it matters for you. Want traffic? For results without hassle, look no further than Search Ad Network. Focused on your core goals, our dedicated account management team will drive your online sales, increase brand recognition, and generate leads for offline sales through expert search engine marketing and technology. In addition, Search Ad Network offers free click fraud detection and API access into all major engines to ensure your business reaches their desired ROI. Visit searchadnetwork.com today to experience true profit through performance. Are you getting the most out of your online advertising? Now get more from your media spend with superior real-time targeting and creative optimization technology. Get more now from Casali Media. Casali Media. Save big as Casali Media's ad experts place your premium campaigns across the web's hottest properties at the most competitive rates. Want more? Get, get more. Visit casalimedia.com slash more to request your media kit. Casali Media. Advertising online is better here. Casali Media. It's a little pet peeve of mine, right? Go on the web and somebody writes up about me and they put web gorilla, as in the monkey. Not gorilla, like, you know, warfare, terrorists. We're gonna do the monkey. Hi, this is Greg Bozer. Do the monkey. A.K.A. Monkey Boy. Monkey, monkey. Sometimes I get a little pissy. That's alright. But I gotta tell you, dude, he made you look like a good chimp. He did. Do the monkey. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're confusing me. Monkeypicks.co.uk Funny bastard, isn't he? Damn. I swear to God, if you play that promo one more time, <laughs> I'm publishing the photo. How much is that gorilla in the window? Take your advice at any price. A gorilla like Medina is mighty nice. Go 
Wizards, Rainmakers, Rockstars, Gorillas, and Guru. WebmasterRadio.fm. Come visit our magical Webmaster Wonderland. We got a mouse, too. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Now, back to The Pulse. Pulse. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome back to The Pulse. My name is Ben Pfeiffer, and with me today is Chris Boggs. And we're going to be talking about Google's duplicate content and canonical URL issues. Um, There's been quite a lot of talk about this in the forums about um, duplicate content and some of the issues that are associated with that. Um, and we're not going to be able to go through all of it today, but um, we're going to highlight some of the, the things from a Webmaster World uh, post that had a really great technical guide on how to fix duplicate content. So I encourage anybody that's listening that has duplicate content issues, if, if you're wondering how to fix this, I would definitely start to check out the post that we have on SE Roundtable um, about um, a lot of these fixes that you can do. Um, these things range from you know re- redirecting a non-WW to um, an IP address or to a regular um, www. Um, move slashes, remove slashes in the uh, URLs. Um, fix common typos, um, fix invalid inbound links, and uh, fix outdated or otherwise incorrect query strings. Um, so a lot of good stuff there. Chris, do you have any uh, comments on this? Yeah, I just wanted to add, we we actually over the past couple of weeks had three different uh, uh, topics posted in regards to duplicate content. Two of them were really based around that one webmaster world thread with all the great tips. Uh, the last one that I posted uh, in the chat room, and we'll also be posting in our uh, recap of the show, uh, talks about the the, uh, the discussion um, uh, about the Google's new patent for duplicate content detection. Uh, I think there's some great tidbits in there to read. As usual, Ted Sir, who's uh, one of the senior administrators there, who I had the good fortune to meet last night at the IMNY event. Uh, a really great guy, and, and Todd Stunt Double called him one of the three or four most knowledgeable people about uh, the Google algorithm that there is out there. But he, he makes a couple of great points, and one of them that uh, that uh, he he hits a note that the patent talks about estimating similarity and not detecting duplication. And so the math, as far as he can follow it, is really a measure of how close two objects are, and it allows for all kinds of tweaking to get the results you're after. So there's some really good stuff to watch in there, especially if you're if you've got uh, a site that uh, has some uh, a lot of potentially duplicate content. So check them out. Awesome. Yeah, that is, there's a lot of good stuff there. Um, let's go on to the next topic. Um, Yahoo, this was kind of a strange thing that happened. Uh, Yahoo Search recently, the last couple of days, started replacing site titles and their search result listings. Um, basically what Yahoo was doing, it was taking the titles that would normally appear in the search engine result listings and making them shorter in lowercase. Um, it was kind of a weird coincidence, and we had some good comments that um, on Search Engine Roundtable about this, and there's a lot of forum chatter as well. Um, Chris, have you noticed any of this yourself when you're searching on Yahoo? Uh, personally, um, I I haven't. Um, I, I haven't taken the time to really go find any other stuff. So why don't you give us your <laughs> your well-rounded <laughs> view on it? <laughs> yeah, the, it, it was kind of an odd thing. And if you're if you're looking to get some more information about it, we have a post on Search and Roundtable about it, and just some good talk about it in the forums. Uh, we're going to move on to the next topic. Um, in this regards, um, Google's user face inter- uh, test that they did with um, bottom page related searches. Now, Danny Sullivan first reported on this over at Search Engine Land, I believe. Um, but there was a good top, uh, discussion going on over at SEO Refugee about um, some of the examples that were posted. I have not been able to duplicate this myself, but basically what was going on is that when you would do a search in Google, sometimes for a two-word search, um, at the bottom of the page there would be kind of a related searches box um, where there would be you know, other searches that you could search for. Um, for example, um, one of the searches that would come up with the baseball history, and you would get searches at the bottom for baseball history timeline or baseball history famous people and such. And so some people were talking about whether they liked it or not, um, whether you know, it was good or not. I, I personally didn't mind it so much. Chris, have you seen any of this? I have, and uh, I think we talked about this like a few months ago. There was a similar test going on, but I don't think they were doing it at the bottom of the page. It was yeah. in the middle or something. And I, I think one thing that I've noticed that's the same on this one is it seems like they tried to keep um, what they feel is the close, most closely related and sort of the, 
the seven, except for the bottom right one of the eight, which always seems to be a little bit further off and doesn't include baseball or, or other related. So it, it'll be interesting to watch how this, this moves along and, and where they'll end up placing this. I think that the, the, it's probably their goal to eventually maybe place this near, closer to the top of the page, um, mm-hmm. you know, which would make them more like ask.com, which I know this is one of their big goals in, in, in the search engine world. So. <laughs> I yeah, know. yeah, I know. Right? I mean, because Ask has their, you know, similar type of researches on the right-hand side where you get stuff, and that's usually real helpful. I know I've, you know, found that very beneficial in the past. And you know, Ask used to back, you know, I get a year or two ago, they used to do related sites also as well in that particular bar. Um, so we we'll see what Google does with this. You know, they've been testing a lot of things lately. Um, let's go on and move on to the next topic. Um, there was a pretty good uh, thread in Webmaster World that I came across about how search engine robots work. Um, and I know as most SEOs and people that are probably listening, most people know about you know how search engine robots work and how they crawl and, and such. And But this thread was just kind of a refresher on uh, the various levels of uh, how they particularly work and how they crawl the web. Um, you know, it's divided into uh, you have a search engine spider and search engine crawler, which is more like a wandering spider that follows links automatically. Um, you have an indexer, a blender-like program that dissects web pages. Um, and then you have, finally, the database. This is basically where all the pages are stored and then processed. Um, so if you're looking for a little refresher, um, check it out at Webmaster World. Um, Chris, do you have any comments on this? Not really. I mean, it's a great thread. Uh, it gives you a lot of interesting discussion about the multitasking robots and, and the different robots and their their missions in life, so uh, it's worth the read, and I'll put that link in the chat room, or you can find it uh, at Search Engine Roundtable. Okay, good stuff. And Chris, I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce this next topic, because you posted on this uh, uh, about practical experience with domain age. Um, actually, that was Barry sneaking oh, one in on us. Uh, <laughs> When he uh, when he just came back, he was sort of in a, in in a daze. I think um, I read I read over it briefly, and I think Barry did a great job of covering the topic. Uh, this is uh, you know something that people talk about a lot, and actually there was a related um, a related topic talking about how whether or not uh, if your uh, if you have an older domain, whether it has to have content on it or not. Uh, and I think the general consensus on that was that it probably does gain more weight if you do have consistent content, especially if it's uh, consistently relevant to one particular subject. You may end up uh, having more value from having an older domain on that. But uh, I think that uh, this is a thread that will probably uh, evolve into a great thread. It's kind of a new thread that Brett uh, put out there. So hopefully a lot of people go out there and, and talk about their particular experiences with the domain age situation. Yeah, this is a good topic, and I know a lot of people have been discussing it. Um, you know, it's a little bit more advanced going into, you know, specifically things that make up domain age. And, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, domain age is not everything. Um, but, you know, some of the po- members posted that, you know, it's not just the age of the domain, but it's also how long it has been in the index. Um, so, you know, people are wondering whether park domains count as much, whether, you know, you had a park domain at a um, – uh, one of the services where you can make money from parking your domain, whether that would count towards the age of the site or not. Um, I know I've seen in cases when I bought expired domains um, and had them up, you know, usually for about three months or so, you might the page rank might stick around, but then eventually Google would kind of figure out that, you know, it had eventually expired, and then you would kind of lose all of that. Um, other times, there'd see ones that would slip through, um, and it would still, you know, have links pointing to it. It just kind of depended upon the, the various domain. Um, but, you know, this is a pretty good topic, and they were also ter- talking about who has turnover. So, you know, how many times has your do- domain changed hands, you know, once, twice, three times? Um, so there's a lot of, you know, questions and, and stuff that, you know, it's kind of hard to say one way or another whether Google's looking at that or not. Um, you know, Google is a register. So they can look at a lot of this information, um, and uh, whether they're using it to factor into ranking is kind of debatable. Um, I personally don't think they look at the who is. Uh, results as much as some people do, but you know it's up for you know anybody's opinion, so to say. Um, let's go ahead and um, into the next topic, and then after that, we're going to take a commercial break. Um, Google, uh, there's been some talk about um, placing ad uh, images basically near Google AdSense, um, and back in mid-December, Google officially disallowed images near AdSense ads. 
Um, and so people kind of went nuts about this because it did kind of encourage uh, higher click-throughs. And so um, there's been some chatter about people are coming up with new ideas about how to get their images um, near the AdSense ads without, um, you know, getting in violation of, of uh, guidelines and such for AdSense. Um, so we have some, you know, a post on Search and Roundtable with actually um, an example of some of the ways that you can use your ads a little bit, uh, images a little bit differently in your AdSense. Um, so I have not heard any official word about Google about this, but um, Chris, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, one quick thought. I was a little bit uh, confused about this whole topic for a while, and I finally talked to someone who explained it pretty clearly to me. Is The reason that this worked is let's say you had four AdSense ads about couches, and you put a random picture of a couch above each of those AdSense ads. Um, mm -hmm. Some people might like a particular couch more than another one, so they might be more likely then to click on that AdSense that was below the picture, even though it had nothing to do with the with the uh, end site. So that makes uh, mm -hmm. a lot more sense to me now for anyone else that was in a little bit in the dark on this topic. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, they were and they were talking about placing the image like to the to the left, the right of the ad, and then you have like another ad that was above that, and it was but it was still bordering on another ad, so it was kind of a very gray area where you'd place the image. And you know, going back to what you said, Chris, about you know placing the ad and people would click on the ad because they didn't like it, you know, kind of similar to that. So um, you know, good discussion on that. You can find more information on Search Engine Roundtable. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a uh, search. Uh, go ahead and take a break, and then when we come back, we'll go ahead and enter into the lightning round. So stay tuned. Sit tight and don't move. The pulse. pulse. We'll be back after this short break. Tracks, all new version six. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zafolia.com, writes: Click Tracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what Click Tracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk: you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune. Best of the web. The Internet's oldest directory. EOTW.org since 1994. Our editors scour the web finding quality sites, providing users with spam-free resources, relevant information from valuable sites. Submit your site now for a guaranteed review in three days or less. For webmasters needing additional exposure, check out our 60-day free trial on category sponsorships. 60 days free advertising. No kidding. And don't forget the Best of the Web's reseller program with the industry's highest commissions. 25% recurring commission on all products and services. Bloggers, make sure to check out the BOTW blog directory and the recently launched volunteer editor program to help build the best blog resource on the web. Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. Your web search is over. The always highly ranked SEO rock stars. Guaranteed to be a night filled with great memory. Hey, this can be a little bit random show. I, I, I feel it coming on that way already, but I, I got an email regarding the SEO Rockstar show. First of all, it says, Dear Ted, I read in Webmaster Radio FM that you are an SEO rock star. Let's see if that's true. They called me Ted. Oh, nice. A uh, regular listener. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> SEO Rockstars, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on webmasterradio.fm. Want a hot pod? Load it with webmasterradio.fm and play with us all day long. Webmasterradio.fm, we're everywhere. <laughs> Now, back to The Pulse, Pulse. only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Okay, great. We're going to run into the lightning round. Um, as usual, we're always going to list any topics that we didn't get to in our recap that we always list the following day. So 
tomorrow, Wednesday the 17th. If you, if you really want to find out everything we talked about, you can go and look at our archives at Search Engine Roundtable and uh, uh, find the links to everything we talked about. So a couple topics we wanted to go to. Uh, we did briefly cover the idea that a domain name probably doesn't gain power via age alone. Uh, it has to have some sort of content on there probably. Uh, the next topic was uh, that there was a Google uh, m sort of a mini update and a backlink update as well as a toolbar page rank update being reported uh, over the past couple weeks. And uh, not much on there. It seems like most people uh, seem to weather that storm pretty well. Um, then there was a good thread uh, discussing monitoring, monitoring competitors' SEO efforts uh, that occurred at, uh, this, um, at the uh, Search Engine Watch forums. So if you want to find out some good ideas about uh, finding uh, your uh, competitors' SEO efforts—that's a good one. But one thing to keep in mind: uh, one of my, uh, uh, one of our engineers here at Avenue A said that he had a friend that used to uh, uh, create fake meta tags and ridiculous keyword lists and find them in their competitors' source code within days. So be careful if you're doing that. Uh, the next topic we were going to talk about was: uh, Can you build other sites to promote yours? That's sort of, sort of an old topic. It's always nice when that gets revived. Uh, sort of to build a network of sites and s simply in order to promote your own site, and there's some, uh, some do's and don'ts related to that. Uh, then there's a couple uh, related threads, one about the Google minus 950 penalty, <laughs> does it exist? Uh, and then uh, that's uh, sort of updated the talk on the Google minus 30 penalty, which a lot of people thought were related to linking issues. Uh, the minus 950 penalty, I think, is just kind of a fun name. Uh, it's not necessarily you're dropping exactly 950 spots, but you're essentially dropping out of, into nowhere. Uh, there's a couple good uh, sort of future and uh, vision type uh, topics. Uh, what is the future of SEO? And SEO is magical fairy dust, and that's final. Those were fun. Uh, how to identify good and bad content partners with AdSense was another topic. A Google update and backlink update at Google.com, and I'm reading that again. It looks like we got that twice on the list. My bad. And is Google sending Google bot CSS hunting? And apparently there's uh, some, some evidence that Google has been crawling CSS files. Uh, this is similar to recent discussions about them trying to execute links in JavaScript. Um, then there's a couple about Google's uh, great community service. One of them is that they're serving up malware warnings if you go to a bad site. And they're also uh, emailing webmasters, notifying them of terms of service violations and penalties. Uh, once again, we will cover these topics uh, in the recap. And I'm going to kick it over to Ben to close us off for the week and uh, uh, talk to you guys next week. Thanks, Chris. Uh, well, this wraps up the 15th edition of the Search Pulse. I hope to post a recap tomorrow afternoon. Barry should go ahead and probably do that, or one of us, Chris or, um, Chris or I. Um, if you have any comments, feel free to email us or Barry um, or comment in tomorrow's post. Again, this was the 15th edition of the Search Pulse that took place Tuesday, January 16, 2007. So a big thank you to uh, Chris and Deborah for being on today, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Good night, everyone.